Hi, my name is Noah Ford, and this would be the first episode of the Hashtag Wolves podcast. I'll be one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with my other co-host, Will. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Excited to talk some Wolves basketball. Um, so let's get started uh, with a article recently posted on the Hashtag Basketball website about the Wolves outside shooting. It's by Tyler Metcalf, and it has a lot of good things to say about some of the Wolves shooting struggles, you could say, but definitely uh, it highlights that there's room for improvement from individuals and as kind of a team culture standpoint. So the Wolves, really the big picture is that they're not shooting enough threes uh, to really fit today's NBA. Tibbs focuses a lot on squeezing every point out of the possessions, but you'll see sometimes guys like Wiggins step in from three to take a long two or... Uh, it even touches upon Bielitsa not getting enough minutes. So the, the three-pointer is definitely a big focus for me as I'm watching the Wolves this season. But what was interesting in the article is that uh, if you look at Teague, Belly, Butler, and Towns, statistically, they've been good shooting in taking good three-point shots and hitting a right volume. But the person that we uh, want to see more three-point volume from is Andrew Wiggins. Uh, as I watch him play, he's got a great shooting stroke, uh, but he does have a long release, uh, and he tends to step in and take long twos rather than focus on getting those threes and getting to the basket, which he does seemingly with ease uh, when he chooses to do so. So, big picture, the Wolves could be on the threshold, you know, if they put a little bit more conscious effort in to being a really great three-point shooting team, but that being said, they do have this... Uh, like a sixth or seventh best rated offense in the league. So who knows if they started to push that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen in the NBA, there's just been the huge transition from sort of the, I mean, the KG days. I, I remember him taking a lot of those kind of, uh, top, the high post jumpers. I, I even remember my coach just kind of like having me practice that shot. But just even from like a mathematical perspective, like the worst two is probably pretty bad, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also do remember threes almost being looked down as like a lazy shot. And now, I mean, what you got Steph Curry, you saw the stat where he like got to however many threes in like half the, like almost half the games or something crazy like that. Um, and I just think it shows the league is transitioning like that. And with, you know, there's all these analytics behind this. So I'm pretty confident in what's coming out about these long twos. And so I think the Wolves just need to make a transition. I mean, Wiggins is our age. So he probably grew up with that shot dominating kids with that long two so no one ever you know if Andrew Rickens is on like your peewee team you're not gonna say hey man like you really just gotta take a couple steps in yeah even right. though you're he, making eight of, eight of ten of those yeah he may I mean he still makes it look really pretty he hit some of those uh like nice fadeaway jumpers from mid-range but I mean the stats show that the league is trending in one direction and uh you definitely want to jump on if you want to be a high efficiency offense definitely agree and I think that um, it, it's also that you can still be flashy with it. You, you know Wiggins like wants to be flashy, right? Like Curry and all these other guys are flashy. Well, you know, Towns and Taj, I've seen that like, they're my, my favorites because they're balanced and they're really mundane and normal. Well, you like big guys, so that's but, part of it too. I, but I also like, I like quiet players. So like mm -hmm. I like a guy who's producing the same amount of value as the next guy, but he's doing it. Well, he's probably doing more value, but no one really sees it because he's getting five rebounds, five assists, five points, you know, like three blocks, like... Much more, yeah, much more balance. Mm -hmm. And I think people are finally getting on the the Shabazz hate train with me, which I'm pretty excited about. All aboard. 
Um, just because I, I feel like I, it's kind of a funny statement, but I feel like I was one of like the first people to be like, this guy has, has no future here. Yeah. My heart says play Shabazz, uh, <laughs> as much, like as much as he wants, but my head says he really needs to be, you know, once you have sympathy bench. for someone getting paid to play basketball. Yeah, like, exactly. This, this is a bad place to be. Yep. So you had something then on kind of hitting a statistical mark in the league that we should watch out for. And we know I have a, I have a stats background and I work with stats every day. Uh, and we are, we've seen a lot, especially in the NBA talk, especially I go on NBA Reddit a lot. And you'll always like people's first comment anytime you bring up like any stat ever, even if you're just trying to like put it out there, right? Just here it is. I understand that five games in. Bielitsa isn't going to be like the best shooter of all time. Um, sorry, three Elitsa. But at some point, like you have to get rid of this small sample size tag and we can, we need to start like breaking down the season and seeing like what different moves we can make based on what we've already seen. So with 25 games, I like, I think we both agree that we've seen enough, right? Like if, if, if you're playing at least 10 or 15 minutes, if you're got brought up from the D league and you've played in two games, obviously the 25 game mark doesn't really apply here but at some point you just have to make some analysis based on this and maybe even some roster changes and i think we've seen it with tibbs just i think he's gone through the loop of experimenting with with uh boz i mean with like he got like two or three um did not plays this week yep his minutes were declining before that tyus gets a new chance i mean there's injuries concurrently with that so it's kind of hard to see what was going on there but i think it's just it's just kind of time to lock into like these are some of the new players for the year. And then here's kind of the MVP race. You, you, we can start making these takes. Like you can see that James and Harden are kind of the two leading candidates for the MVP. I'm not saying that they're going to be there, but I'm saying it's a good guess at this point. Right. So I, I think just moving past. <laughs> yeah. And it, it works on an individual level. Like statistically, uh, you probably know what players are going to produce. You know, there are swings after the all-star break and injuries happen, but for the most part, you can probably prorate what a player's or, um, project what a player is going to do for the whole season based on the first quarter of the season. And it works on the team level too. The, the NBA doesn't shake up too much, especially once you hit, uh, the halfway point of the season and we're halfway to the halfway point. Yeah. So, it's not like the NFL where a running back can become like, irrelevant after being a pro bowl like two years ago mm-hmm. and the nba i mean you just see you guys kind of had these 10 years i mean i think that's that's changing a little bit just based on how like addicted we are to numbers now so if, if there's this dealy guy who kind of on an analytical level is going to top basically shabazz which i would hope for um what make, is with you what is with that, you and bashing shabazz what i i don't just it's not even it's like a, it's a very cold take just the me- the media's jumped on, and I just kind of want to want to position myself as well. Yeah, I mean, the guy's already not getting playing time. What more? Do you <laughs> yes, like, yeah, like uh, that that would be the response. Is like, what more is there to talk about? It's not like Tibbs is playing him thirty minutes and he's scoring three points a game. Like, I just he's, I, he's out of the game. I propose that we tough love with okay. Shabazz. So you got the tough, and I'm the love side of it. Okay, uh, tough love. If two guys get injured or something, put him in. Sure. Great, that's, that's some fine. great tough he's, love. He is there. on our team. I will acknowledge that. But yeah, I, and just another point that I had was like with those twenty five game things, like the NFL has sixteen games. Like what you get on first take, and guys are making crazy takes after four weeks in the NFL. So even if you prorate that to the NBA season, a quarter of the way through, we're more than the quarter of the way through with the NBA season. So just like I'm, I'm ready to say that like some of these up and coming rookies, 
Ben Simmons is good. Lonzo Ball might actually suck. Like things like that. I'm I'm ready to to stand by those. <laughs> yeah, we can remove the sample size tag uh, for sure. We'll try our best. You mentioned the Shabazz uh, did not play. Should we jump into some of the other themes of the week? For sure. Um, so we're gonna break down the games this week. Uh, but first, we want to talk about some of the overall trends. Uh, Noah, as you can tell, is a big Shabazz fan. Um, he got a couple DNPs, which is a bummer. Um, even with, yeah, even with a pretty tight roster rotation, Shabazz not seeing the floor a lot. Um, we noticed, uh, watching the games and looking at the box score, Tyus played pretty well in place of Teague. Uh, for a couple injured games over the past week and in the additional minutes he got when T was back, we thought he did well too. And Belly was hurt, so that hurts the second unit for sure, um, factors into some of these games. Uh, so with that being said, the first game we're going to look at is Tuesday versus Washington. This one was at home. Uh, Teague and Belly were out, so Tyus got the start. Uh, what I saw was some good balance in the first quarter offensively. We're both big fans of Taj, and he got involved early and often uh, to help set the tone for the Wolves. Uh, but then it definitely started to slip as the bench came in, and I saw this as a trend uh, we see a lot during the games. Starters play well, and the bench, through ineptitude defensively or offensively, just get kind of lets the lead slip away. And we were missing a good chunk of our bench, so it's already it just thinned out enough yes. as is. Absolutely. So it would be a game where you'd expect a ton from the bench, but I mean they have to perform at some minimum level, right? Hold the team in the game, right? So with Tyus pushed into that starting role and not having Belly uh, to kind of fill out the bench and provide some extra minutes in the rotation, uh, the team just sort of let the lead slip away, and it ultimately built to a, a bad loss to Washington. They didn't have John Wall, and that bench scoring, the lack of bench scoring is shown in 11 points from the bench, just 10 from Crawford and one from Gorgie. But the starters did well. Taj had a double-double, uh, Townsend 20 and 17, and Tyus had 12 and 7. So I think that's kind of what you could expect from Tyus. It would be an impressive start for a backup. Yeah, and I, I think a good topic with Tyus's recent kind of, I don't know, return, or not return, but um, this introduction to new minutes, is that I think there's something to be said. I don't have really numbers on hand to back this up, but kind of like the flow of minutes. I just know from my JV basketball experience that going in for like three minutes or four minutes in like little gaps, you're just, you're not like flowing with the game. Um, you're not learning the guy that you're guarding. Like you just don't have these things kind of clicking. So I think it's unfair sometimes to hate on some of these guys who get quick bench minutes like Tyus. Um, he comes in and does everything right, but I think especially with scoring and shooting, which are kind of fickle things, you know, like if you're a good rebounder, you kind of just get rebounds. Yeah, it's, it's a rhythm not, it, thing. Yeah, um, but points is, is very rhythmic, and so it's good to see. It, it gives him the opportunity to pr- prove himself um, with these opportunities of minutes, especially, I mean, Tibbs a lot of the times, if you're not starting for him, your, your opportunities are kind of going to be slim. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to like a lineup. Like he finds a lineup and seems to kind of hold on to it, especially after this 25 game mark that we talked about. So, a lot of what I've been listening is the whole like should Teague start thing. I guess we can table that for later games because that's when he he built up more of a rep just through better and better games. But I, I did like that he got kind of the recognition. At, at least like I've seen from like the Wolves media that he's getting it. 
because these guys are watching the game every night, but your kind of ESPN or like your associated press recap. I, I actually read the, the Grizzlies one, talk about it in a few games, but they, they just didn't mention his name once. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think it's hard for guys like Taj and Ties to get those, those headlines when they're not scoring 25. Yeah, after watching this game, I definitely welcome more minutes or recognition from Tyus. And whether that comes with a balance from Teague or a, a two-guard set, we'll we'll see. T's not on the hot seat, but I just thought Tyus played well, and he could man the second unit well. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was a little unfair to Teague because he just doesn't have time to defend himself when he's injured. You know what I mean? Can't make it's the like club Teague's in the playing tub. bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> right. It's like Teague isn't on the court. Like He's not available so- who knows what he would have done in that game? Obviously, Ties had a good game, and the, the best thing I've kind of heard someone say was that is isn't it fine to have a really good backup point card? Yeah, I think, isn't that all I right? think as, a, as a Wolf fan, we just panic like, wait, we have a good bench player. Like there has to be a gap in our starting lineup. Like something's this going like, on. No, yep. this is Jeff Teague, the guy we specifically brought in to start. This isn't like Robbie Hummel. <laughs> yeah, so don't don't press the panic button on our backup unit just yet. We'll, yeah. we'll let Tyus we'll let, simmer we'll let, there. We'll find one game where Tyus screws up, and then we'll go in on him, like you know the rest of the fans and everyone. But like let's just let's just wait for Teague to screw up. Give, yeah, we'll, give him some time. We'll pump the brakes. <laughs> and th- this overall, I think this is just a game where like we don't have an excuse. Like there's not something you can whine about and say like, well, this is a back to back coming off the road against a good team that did have John Wall. Like. You just can't. There's just not like a place to have an excuse for this it's, game. Yeah, just it was, a straight up loss. It was a bad loss. Which are which are going to happen? Contrasting with that, the New Orleans game coming off a back to back game and then getting a road win, I think that's kind of like the quintessential type of win you want to see out of a team that people are expecting to be in that forty five to fifty game category. And for the game score, which that's probably my favorite stat, just to like sum up a box score. I, um, I've explained it to you before, but it's just kind of a, it's mashing like points, rebounds, how many shots you took. Basically just a apples to apples metric of who did the best. Uh, Wiggins with 24.4, Ty's 20.1, and Gorgie 19.6. So I really welcome the last two being Ty's and Gorgie in that, in that top three. Um, just cause it's kind of a, a new faces thing. A lot of, um, the narrative I heard this year is like, who's our leader? Who's our guy? I think that is a problem to some degree. I think you need a vocal leader. But I'm fine if five guys score 15 in a night. You know what I mean? That's just, that's not, I think it's good to have a balanced team. I think we always get scared and kind of stand on ice because Towns and Wiggins have always just like, well, I've been our guys the last couple of years. And so you just get like so nervous when like something others, something else is happening. Because if those two guys don't score, you're just like, we're going to lose. But this was a good game to evidence that I don't really think that was the case. Well, yeah. you you said it. I think the Wolves are will probably be at their best when people when we have balanced mm-hmm. scoring. And some nights it's going to fluctuate. You know, Jimmy gets up to twenty five or something. But you want to we we've been through just guys scoring in bunches. You know, the last couple of seasons we could see Towns get like thirty five and twelve, and we'd get our butt kicked. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely seeing that balance. And he's probably is a good scoring thirty five because there's nobody else to like has to exactly so again don't panic on the <laughs> on some balance scoring from the it's really just a, it's a calming podcast that we're trying to yes yeah the minnesota kind of you know everything's fine this mm-hmm. isn't a big deal and i'll probably just rip the wolves when i'm off there yes know? yes <laughs> be civil now in this game i really kind of felt that this was ties sort of coming out as a taj like box score player i want to clarify that he's not Taj's size or position, 
but just sort of the lines that he puts up, I think are great. He knows when to pass. You can see like when, when he runs with other guys, he is kind of the IQ leader of the team and executor, a very almost like classic point guard where you think, you know, when you used to think of point guards, just like execute the offense, just make sure everything's kind of running smooth, make sure guys are getting spacing and things like that. But it, it is also nice to see him score, but I think it's also good to have that sort of classic element and just pass. Like he, he'll look for an assist as much as he'll look for a floater, probably even more for like an assist. And I think that's something we need now, especially that we have other scores. No, no one needs to step up and shoot on this team. Right. So, except threes. Except, except threes. So everyone take literally a step back and then, but don't just chuck them up. Yeah. You know? Take a step back figuratively and literally yes. to, the, to the three point line. <laughs> And I think it's evidenced by, like, we don't need Jamal-like shots. Right. We need guys like Tyus who are kind of, okay, here are, like, the four good shots I'm going to get in the game. I came well off the screen. I'm, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that and get this open layup. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have two guys on me and then do a Wiggins, like, floating turnaround jumper. Which, he's, you know, which he hits every which he once hits. in a while. And you, you see me at the game sometimes, and, like, he'll immediately do that shot. I'll be like, like damn. I'll be like, no, Wiggins, no. And then he hits it. <laughs> And like, there's nothing I can do but feel like an idiot. But I know, like, I know what I see over over time. But on yep. that shot, like, and then, like the crowd goes wild, and I'm just like, we're no. the knowledgeable Wolves fans in there that know that's not <laughs> Let's sustainable. Not make it sound than well, not, everyone, else. you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> so not to rain on your parade, but there was like, you can't exclude that unibrowed elephant in the room from that game. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I should move on to that. Um, Davis did get kicked out. Which like something bad happened to him like in his personal life that day. Mm. Like he snapped. Right. And I've never seen a guy like physically try to like directly go to the ref. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, live he, and he took a beeline <laughs> towards the ref. Like I don't I don't think he would have actually hurt him, but I think he wanted to get in his face. Um, yeah. So I don't think anyone's surprised that he got ejected. It wasn't a you know, sports center LeBron got ejected. Like, how are we going to cope with this? Yep. But I mean, it would, it definitely helped our team, obviously, especially when those are two big dudes and towns can't defend to begin with. Um, so that, that definitely like that, that made it a game where it was like, okay, Wolves, now we got to win this. Mm-hmm. Um, you can push the narrative of the, um, back to back. Um, but at that point, just kind of, kind of win that game. Uh, he did have 17 points in 17 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like on pace to uh, really, really take over in that game. So, yes, it was good. Um, it shouldn't take away from the win. You know, we got a win on a back to back, but it was just, it helped a little bit. It was at a pivotal moment in the game. And probably morale, too. Yeah. I mean, it, just, it must have rallied people to see Demarcus Cousins be the voice of reason. The wolves must have really yeah. whipped it into shape. I love after how that. many like outlets picked that up. Like yep. the first thought was like, "Whoa, what's what's Cousins doing?" Like, yeah, Cousins being there, like throwing punches with them. That's what made me think something's going on with Davis. <laughs> yeah. And Cousins is like, "Not today, <laughs> guys." Like, rough. This guy's kind of off the rocker today. Like, give him a break. Right. So we'll let Boogie <laughs> tackle that one for us. Oh, and look at my surprise note here. Undefeated this point. When ba- at this point in the week, when Baz doesn't play, so huh. we'll we'll follow that trend, huh. I guess, as as we keep breaking it down. Should we move to Friday at OKC? Yes. Um, my, my last point with that game, right. I just felt it feels good to get like um like like a, a box score win. I should call it when you look like if you didn't see the scores and you didn't see the teams or whatever, and you just saw like their field goal percentages and kind of those like five basic stats. Wolves shoot fifty six percent. 
58%. They shoot 46 without Belly and Teague. It just feels like a solid win. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can rebuttal that with um, the Davis, all the, the Davis stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, dropped one at OKC. Yeah, it was, it was um, a close game. It was part of the three games and four nights, but it would have been a really great win, I think, if the Wolves would have been able to pull it out. The fact that they were on the road against OKC, uh, which still seems like a dangerous team just based on their star power, even though they're struggling uh, record-wise. But what I really took away from this game is just how much Steven Adams seems to kill us whenever we play. Um, and, a, and a lot of teams to yeah fail. yeah and he he's just he's not the flashiest player he's like actually basically the least flashy player he just gets boards he kills our point guards on the pick and roll and that really allows Westbrook to get to the basket um so Adams had a good game 27 and 6 Paul George had 26 and 9 and Russ almost cracked a triple double but we stopped that so I guess moral victory there yeah Towns I don't know if it's just a that's just a tough defensive matchup for him or that's a manifestation of some of the defensive struggles we've been seeing, but really close towards the end of the game when the Wolves had a chance to get a stop and go down and get a bucket, mm. he doesn't box out Steven Adams and he just goes and gets the ball and lays it right in. Um, I think it's kind of a tick-for-tat thing um, if, if you're kind of mentally thinking about the, this one and this loss. Like, New Orleans... By all means, you could kind of make a luck case there. Just mm-hmm. Davis out, kind of just just getting the win. Right. OKC, I think, was almost like the the karma payback for that. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't I don't think there's a as bad of a team as the record makes them out to be. Margin of margin of uh, victory is usually the best way to see who's kind of getting unlucky or it, it's just not clicking. But like a good team's there. Um, OKC is fifth in margin of victory, and we're below them, I believe, at about eighth. So, I mean, the Pacers game, and you could go into, like, we had some big losses. What's it matter if you lose by 30 or 20? Um, but I, I think they're, like, the fifth best team in the West, even though their record is ninth. Um, and I think they'll figure it out. They're in it, a lot of really close games, which shows that they might be close to putting something together. Yeah, and I think we whine about, like, big players who we have too many, you know, there's only one ball kind of argument. Mm-hmm. But they have Paul George, Carmelo, who people are making arguments should be coming off the bench. Probably just to spread out the shots a little bit, yep. even, and then Russell Westbrook, all great players. I could go on about how Melo, I don't think is the best um, fit for a lot of teams, but neither here nor there. Um, and so I, I, I just think they also had the same problem of figuring out the integration, like mm-hmm. we are right now, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to capitalize on that and, and be like a mid-level Western Conference team. We played them on the road, so like it's it's not a loss that overly bugs me. I mean, yep. you got to pick up some of them, but. That's right. And I, like I said, I think it would have been a great win and it was a close game. We're not trying to be Timberwolves apologists here, but three <laughs> games and four nights. Um, OKC seems like they're, you know, close to putting things together based on margin of victory and just seeing the, the star power that they have. But then, uh, the Wolves turn around without, still without a lot of rest and get a win, uh, Sunday versus the Clippers. Uh, this was not the most satisfying. It didn't, inspire a lot of confidence in me uh but it was a really really exciting win there was no blake griffin uh breaking news chris paul has been traded to the houston rockets so he's out of town this just in yes Hashtag and, Wolves with the first report yes yes um just sometimes it's nice to have a reminder um gallinari and teodosic were hurt so the 
the Clippers cupboard cupboard is pretty empty at this point. Um, and it was a tight game going down through the fourth quarter and Jimmy Buckets just kind of threw us on his back and carried us to the promised mm-hmm. land. I wasn't able to watch the full game, but I kind of did my homework and I heard that Austin Rivers had like probably the game of his life. There's people who are like saying that he would just never be like a starter and he just kind of went off. So, I mean, I guess if we wanted to have one excuse, that's it. But it's again, sort of like the New Orleans game where you have CP3, well, gone off the team mm-hmm. and, um, Blake Griffin have got to lead the team and he's out and Gallinari, people are getting excited about. He's also hurt. So. Yeah, something, something you should kind of figure out. <laughs> right, and you, like you could qualify every win. This one, uh, obviously, you see a lot of injuries on the Clippers side. So I'm going to take my, you know, big analyst hat off and put my <laughs> fan hat on. It's a Jim- win. Yeah, it's a win. And Jimmy was absolutely dominant. He got to the basket. Uh, he was making tough shots. I think he had like 20 of 24 of Minnesota's like last points in the fourth quarter or just over yep. the whole fourth quarter so it was a lot of fun to watch if you want to spin it towards an analyst side um maybe this is something he can do in the future so mm-hmm. i think it was almost the first time we've seen kind of a a takeover performance in a while mm-hmm. i i'm number one fan of the whole balance scoring thing but I'll t- i will also take off my analytics hat and i think there's something to the fourth quarter you just need to like kind of get it done mm-hmm. um and there's the clutch factor and i'm sure that's there's a lot there and jimmy i think just saw that he had the opportunity to take over this game and other things weren't working out and he, i mean obviously he just he just took over if you're scoring 20 points in the fourth it probably doesn't matter how many shots you took like you made enough of them to to yep. get it done yep and totally it was good. and it was there were good shots and he was getting to the free throw line and there was there was enough flash in it to to excite even the casual fangirl like me. Yes, another, another Taj game. Just hyped uh, about that. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm, and it's funny because I was not Team Taj when I first heard about all this. Because um, Corgi was just up and coming, right? Yep. And he's kind of our man. Um, and he was going to be. And then Taj came. And I remember there was sort of the debate for a bit, like, who's going who's gonna to start? Yep. And the numbers sort of pointed to Gorgi. And so I got, I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. But, I mean, you can't make a case, really, for Gorgi starting now. Right, Taj seems to do everything we we want him to do, and he's in the right place at the Some right time. Some people have said he's like maybe our one of our top two players. I don't know if I'd go as far as that because mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a, like a points kind of leadership aspect. But easily, I think the most balanced player that we've had. Yep, yep. So uh, definitely a tale of two fourth quarters as you compare um, Memphis and the Clippers game. Do you want to? Yeah, talk about that. I will say that this is probably the game that I've watched the most intently in a while. I was stuck in a South Dakota hotel. Thank God for YouTube TV. Um, and it was all I had to do. So I, I, I you know, oh, you're you, really dedicated to this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. But you know, no, just to like bunker down. You, you, mix, and... you mix it, you miss a couple minutes, you know, grabbing a beer or something or whatever. You know, hydration I, water. Yep, exactly. We'll edit that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I like literally watched the entire game and I was like, I was pleased with kind of the f- first three quarters. Um, and then I think I wrote here that it, it turned into just like little kid basketball. Like when you, you go to like, your like a little nephew's game or something and they're just like hocking up shots, two teams shooting each other in the foot, like seeing who can die first. I don't know if they both had bets against for the other team in the game or something, but they're they're doing well in that aspect. Um, 
I know you, you put in here that the Wolves are eight and two and Taj gets a double double. Um, I, I'm curious to see if like that stat matches his play. If, you know, if we play bad teams and that happens or stuff, but I mean, it's, it's a stat that I like it's, to see. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a surface level stat, but, uh, like we were talking about at the end of, you know, like the Clippers game, it seems like Taj has kind of a, a steady presence on this team. Yeah. And that would say when he plays well, the Wolves play well. Okay. Cause you're expecting 10 to 15 out of him and maybe, maybe it's more. Right. Um, and, and then also I think it, it actually could be a significant thing because, um, he's doing this double double efficiently, right? Westbrook yep. can get a double double like playing the worst game of his career, right? Yep. Rip ten boards. That's you know that's pretty decent, but take like twenty five shots and go five for twenty five or something insane. Um, easily could happen to Westbrook. Taj isn't going to do that, so you know if he gets a double double, or like Taj who does that, he probably deserves it. Yep. Um, as opposed to a Wiggins or Towns, and it's going to come as a part of the offense, and it's going to get his in a way that's efficient, yes. and and fits with what the team wants to do probably mm-hmm. for that night. So, I mean, that's good to see. And then I also think T came in and sort of put the tie's starting debate. It wasn't a big debate, but it's kind of just like a, huh? Like, who knows? Maybe. Who? maybe. Like, yep. We could be the first to say that Ty should start, and then he does. But I don't think it would ever had a traction. Um, but I, like, I do hope Ty's does get more minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's fine to have a bench player play 15 minutes. And we played five guys over 30 minutes on a back-to-back after traveling. I know that this is like the most tips thing I've ever said in my life, but you just you just can't do that. And the Grizz played three guys over 30 minutes after a night off. You know, you'd think they'd have more. It's just it's just a tired team. So yeah, I don't, I don't can, really – that already puts you at a disadvantage. You could definitely point to rest. All that being said, Memphis is Memphis is a bad team that would had lost what? 12 straight, 11, in a row 11 straight and it seemed like they were giving the wolves every single chance to get back in the game uh and they just settled for so many bad shots in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter it was like i was watching the game thinking we should get it into towns and rather than back a guy down he kind of floated out to the three-point line and took a shot and then we just didn't work any offense at all uh, until it was way too late mm-hmm. and then the silver lining that i had was that like it just kind of talking about the Wiggins and Towns variance and how this year we're at least able to overcome that sometimes. They combined for uh, 19, 11, and three points, rebounds, and assists, I believe, and we almost won. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think that was like possible last year. I mean, I could go back and run the numbers, but like we would easily, easily, easily have a pretty bad losing record in those scenarios. I mean, combining for 20 points between those two guys. So I think last year there's more variance. We're more dependent on them, obviously. And so I think sometimes the reason I give, like, your Wiggins, um, your Towns, maybe a little bit um, Butler, definitely Crawford, um, just the variance and, like, how much they can hurt your team and how much they can help them. So I'm overly critical of those guys. I know it. I see it. That's why I like guys like Taj. But this is one of those games where I think they kind of, they they were, like, they dragged his back. Yeah. And usually, like, like, we're talking about Taj, it's the flip side. If Towns and Wiggins are going to put up, they're going to put up a lot of shots, kind of no matter what. If they're scoring twenty points from those. That's just not. It's just not going to give us a good chance. Yep. So we have to depend on three other guys that aren't our best players, and it just it just puts us in a bad place. But it, you know they're tired. I get it. They can't just tell Tibbs like, "Hey man, I just want to sit out." Yeah, that's, so. I don't think that would fly very well <laughs> with uh, Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. But, but it but, did, it was but, a close game. 
it was a close game. So there, you know, there's something to be said it, it was, for that. It, it was fun to watch besides the fourth quarter. Like, mm-hmm. even though it was close in the fourth quarter, it's just like both teams were playing so bad that you almost just want to kind of turn it off and yep. get away from it. You were in South Dakota though. So, so yeah, any, I was like, this game no is options. not going off. Uh, yep. I will finish this. You probably <laughs> had better things to do. Um, uh, I powered through for the pod. So, yeah. Um, so Butler scores 30. T goes five for six. That's what I like to see. Taj did have an eh game at four for eleven, but you know we'll look past. Yeah, that. we won't focus on that. <laughs> um, I yeah, I just wrote that neither team deserved to win, but n- nice showing by different players, not Towns and Wiggins. And I think it gets rid of like the whole chemistry excuse. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. You you again twenty five games, right? Yeah. So like, t- if you're not going to figure it out in twenty five games, chemistry wise, it's probably going to, especially with chemistry. It's probably going to be that way with 81. Right. 82. So I, I don't, like, there was all this stuff about, you know, who's the leader? Is it Butler? You know, is Towns upset that he's kind of not the face of the team possibly anymore? It's not that that stuff isn't going on, maybe, but I just, I don't feel like it's going to change much. So it might be just a mute point at this point. And one thing that we didn't touch upon when talking about that 25 game mark, not only do you get your sample size for statistics, and maybe win percentage at this point in the season. But Tibbs has played around with lineups, and we'll probably see that start to settle down. And the chemistry in the team, you can probably expect at this point, mm-hmm. not is what it's going to be, because team, you know, teams that play together for years have an advantage at that. But it's not the first week of the season yeah, I anymore. Get, I, I say it's, it's leveling off. Yep, you know, exactly. Maybe they, I don't know, make amends is the right word, but come to some better understanding on some things but yeah i mean you see him george's hunt i believe went to the iowa wolves like yep. it feels like we're kind of like strap it in yep. for the rest of the season um and so I, I think a lot of our excuses are removed sadly for as reporting on this stuff it's <laughs> you, you like to have a, a narrative for each game but i think sometimes it's just going to come down to they were better we were worse on what yeah on that know. given night for mm-hmm. sure so how, how do you think you'd summarize this week well, looking at it, um, one interesting thing, I mean, it's, it wasn't a huge success with, uh, two wins and three losses, but you had some interesting kind of home and away back to back situations. So we took a loss at home for, against a like bad Wizards team without John Wall. And then we turn around and beat New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And we talked about why that, why that might be with Anthony Davis, but loss at home, win on the road back to back. Then a little bit later in the week, you win at home against kind of a bad Clippers team and you turn around and have a road loss against Memphis. So there's some rest things tied up in that and, you know, playing a game at home and then taking off for a road game the next night. But it seemed like some kind of bad wins and losses sort of flip flopped. Mm -hmm. And you had something on uh, like a a positive win margin, so something to take yeah, away. Yeah, so we had wins by 6 and 18, 6 and 18, losses by 3, 4, and 3. And our win margin on the year is, I believe, half a game. Sorry, I have it right here. Um, and, and, and I was just saying, like, that's just kind of a takeaway. Like, we're, we're I feel like at the beginning of the year, we had, like, wins by, like, 3 and some small wins. And then really we had, like, close. the Pacers, where we just got demolished. Um, glad that that was the one game where I got to sit courtside. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So our point differential for the year is point five. Well, this, I should this clarify would come though. Two point four per game. It's like I mean, from a purely number standpoint, no, I don't want to go two and three every week. But there's there's this silver lining. Like it was nice to get like a like a 
chunky, like like a big win. Yep. I remember at the start of the season kind of waiting like, okay, the Wolves are pulling out some games, but Which not good. any we didn't runaway games. And I think yeah. there was something to win those games, but like you got to build up that point margin to show that you're going to be like a playoff legitimate kind of top four team. In the West right. Conference. And you need to see that some games are won, you know, like a little bit halfway through the third quarter and then the fourth quarter you start out on a strong note too and the, you just see the other team pack it in and we don't see that a lot from the wolves just yet just for the record so you're oh and one court side i'm zero and zero uh court side lifetime so can't divide by of, zero but you do have zero losses zero losses and yeah. zero wins and you've side. never lost a super bowl right as a quarterback <laughs> yeah that's true too <laughs> So we um, could go real deep dive on all these stats. Yes, yes. Um, so how would you I, – I don't want to put you in the corner, but there's kind of a lot of kind of excuses or things that we can note, but we went two and three. Like, do you feel like if you stretch the season out for 82 games that we would be a 500 team? Or do you think it would be looking like last year? Based on this week or based like, on yeah, where like we're at? Like, the Wolves are this week. That's, that's how good they are. Uh, the Wolves are this week – Let's say we won't go record wise, but they just miss the lottery. The like they are outside the lottery, but outside the playoffs on the on the treadmill of the NBA. You know, you're not getting better. Okay, yeah, right. Because none of these teams were great, but none of them were bottom feeders. You know, so there's so many like back and forth kind of points, right? um, That it sort of probably averages out to somewhere between. eh. Yeah, (laughs) you expect them to hover around 500 if they kind of trade wins and losses against sort of subpar teams like mm-hmm. this. I think it also is though, like this, this week, I think Reddit's the best way to gauge over. Absolutely. <laughs> just people freaking out. Like we lose one game and just like light the target center on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I think last year we would have come out and said, you know, Oh, like, Wolves on the up and up. Like this looks great that we were able to pull out a big win and have some close yeah, games. Yeah, like, I have confidence in the future of this team. Rebuilding here, you know? Yep. There's just so much anxiety now that it's kind of go time. Right. Especially if we make moves on this DeAndre Jordan thing. Ooh. Um, yeah. Stay, stay tuned? I, yeah. I, I mean, time's getting close. I, I might just leave it as a cliffhanger. Oh, wow. Now I really need the trade to happen. Okay. I would... Like, come back with an uproar. All right, because I had no takes prepared for it. You just <laughs> made me panic. So we'll say cliffhanger. Yes. Is DeAndre Jordan going to be a Timberwolf? Probably best to end here, or pre- who do we have tonight? We got the Clippers tonight, so we'll uh, cover that first thing yep. next episode. So, don't hold your breath, but we'll be back. Hashtag howl. <laughs> <laughs>